Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Oh, I moment of personal privilege. Uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you, and I know I can speak on behalf of Brent too, for the appreciation that y'all showed our family, uh, our families, uh, and me in particular. I am so incredibly gracious and grateful to be able to serve here at Hope Church, and I hope that you know how blessed our family feels to be here at a place of hope, and I thank you for that. It was really cool on Friday evening. I should have a picture on the screen. Uh, that is not an obscene gesture. They are showing off their wedding rings. Uh, it was my favorite picture, I think, from the event. But Friday night, we celebrated the wedding of our worship leader, Christian, and uh, his new bride, blushing bride, as it were, uh, Mrs. Morgan Thrillkill. And so... Uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful evening. So much love. And so uh, because Christian's not here today, I, I thought that we would just take a quick video uh, to, to let them know that we love them, appreciate them, and uh, we hope that they are enjoying their honeymoon. So it's on. Why don't you all expre express your appreciation and gratitude for Christian and Morgan. That's how old I'll fly. Oh, yeah. We love you. We love you guys, Mr. and Mrs. Thrillkill. We hope that you're having a wonderful honeymoon, and uh, we look forward to hearing appropriate stories when the time comes. So, <laughs> God be with you all. Know that we love you at Hope. Okay. Let's just go ahead and send this to them right now while we're, uh, since we're you're here talking about movies. But um, this will be fun. Christian and Morgan Thrillkill. Okay, so the video's on its way. And uh, I'm going to uh, turn off my alerts so that uh, we don't hear anything else. Okay. So, now to business. Last week, we started our Hope at the Movies message series. This is uh, my favorite series to develop and to present because uh, I love movies. Uh, I always have. Uh, I was always enamored by uh, the movies that came out in my early childhood uh, that really set me on a path. You know, Superman, the original Superman with Christopher Reeve, uh, the Star Wars movies. I watched uh, some of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back yesterday. Uh, some of these movies that just uh, really helped to define a generation and have changed the way that cinema works. Uh, and years ago, I went to a, a conference and the facilitator was talking about how movies are the modern-day parable. And from that point on, it just helped me to see and to sense how storytelling is all part of uh, how God communicates and conveys wisdom to us. Jesus primarily used stories and parables in his earthly mission as he was preaching and teaching about the kingdom of God. And so uh, storytelling and parables work so well for us. Now, one of the things that can be a little peculiar is how sometimes we see evidence of God's grace and story and mission and message jump off the screen in movies that are not explicitly faith-based movies. 
Have you ever experienced something like that? Today is going to be one of those examples. You know, we saw a little bit of that last week with Top Gun. Uh, and St. Augustine, who I quote an awful lot, but St. Augustine had this line, this quote that he said that all truth is God's truth, which means truth is not dependent upon the one or the vessel that conveys it because truth belongs to God. That's how someone flawed like myself or Brent or any preachers, teachers, speakers, whatever, uh, whomever, uh, how we can convey truth even though we are sinful, we are flawed, we are imperfect beings. The message isn't about the deliverer, it is about the deliverer, right? Jesus who delivered us from our sin and from our shame. And so when we see clips that we're going to watch here in a few minutes, uh, really what they do is they help us connect the power of God's message with mediums and modes that we experience um, in regular everyday life. The reasons that movies speak so much to me because they help to convey God's truth in a way that just captures and engages our senses, you know, like the, the wonderful popcorn and the 3D glasses and stuff. This is how we have learned from our youngest days about who God is and what he does for us. And so really that's what today's message is all about. Last week we talked about Top Gun and how we are to think differently. And today we're going to use a clip from Avatar The Way of Water to talk about Jesus, and more accurately or specifically, a study called Christology. Now, theology is the study of God and the study of divinity. That's what I, Brent and I have our degrees in, uh, the study of God. Now, Christology is in that umbrella of theology, but it's specifically talking about the study of Jesus and the study of Christ. We've talked a good bit over the last several weeks about how Christ is eternal. Jesus was born of Mary. He walked on the earth. He performed miracles. Talk about that in just a second here. Uh, and he lived and he died and he was resurrected. Uh, but the earthly human flesh and bone Jesus was just the earthly flesh and bone manifestation of God because the Son of God, the essence of God, has existed eternally. Forever. No beginning, no end. And so even though we see Jesus who was born in Bethlehem and lived and grew, grew up in Nazareth and was raised by Joseph, a carpenter, and Mary, uh, Joseph's wife, we can see that Jesus, even though he was flesh and bone, is the essence of God as the Son of God uh, and is very much, very truly God. Now that can be a little bit confusing because Jesus' relationship as the Son of God is not quite like the relationship that Ethan and I have as the Son of Mark because Jesus, the Christ, is eternal. Right? Ethan wasn't eternal, but we see this manifestation in how Jesus refers to himself as the Son of God, meaning the very essence of God. So even though the analogy kind of breaks down there, Ethan is very much in the essence of Mark. And it's an extraordinary thing to see uh, as he gets a little bit older, uh, wiser, to see how similar he is to me. And son, for that I am sorry. <laughs> But it's true. It's the essence of things, that closeness, that relationship. Jesus himself told the disciples, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. It's a powerful, powerful relationship. 
So it's not the same type of father-son relationship where there's the conception and the birth and the raising. It's an eternal. It speaks more to and points more to the essence of who he is in relationship because the Christ is eternal. And so we're studying, we're going to look a little bit about Christology this morning and how Jesus himself was born, lived, died, was resurrected, but has always existed from ever, from the beginning of, well, always, because I can't say the beginning because, you know, he is the beginning. Anyway, uh, I'm tripping over myself a little bit. So let's look at four main points of what Christology, or if I'm, yeah, anyway, look at the main points of what Christology studies. We see that Jesus is fully God and fully human. The reason that that is, as you see are the points that come down below, Jesus was born, but he was born of a virgin, meaning he was born without the stain of original sin that all of us are born into. Original sin. That can be a concept that's hard for us to understand. We see little babies and we say, oh, they're so perfect. Uh, but then, as I like to joke, all you need to do is come here one day during the week in preschool, uh, particularly in the babies' rooms, and you'll see how they bite and they hit and they steal uh, and they cry and they make messes. And you'll realize that you know, even these precious uh, children are tainted with the stain of original sin. So, But Jesus, the fact that he was born of the virgin and conceived by the Holy Spirit, this is talking about the, the person Jesus, uh, he was free of sin. He lived, he performed ministry, and then he died. So we ha- and the, his death is what makes him fully human. There was a strain of theology that was trying to infect Christianity as it was growing called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism talks about how you have to have a special knowledge in order to, uh, to know God and, and experience things. Uh, the problem with that is, is that special knowledge is separate from the revelation of Christ himself. And so Gnosticism is a false teaching. It's a false gospel. And so one of the points of Gnosticism, because they could not get the fact that Jesus was fully human down, was that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He just kind of like passed out. Or maybe went into a coma. That was how they tried to explain away the idea that Christ died. Jesus died. His fully human side died. It was the same side of him that got hungry, that got sleepy, that needed to eat. It was the same side of him that was fully human. But he was resurrected by God the Father, uniting and melding forever his full divinity and his full humanity. And as a result of his obedience, even the death on the cross, as we talked about last week, Jesus was given dominion and authority over all. And it is in Christ in whom all things hold together. So let's look at our main passage for today, which comes from the book of Colossians, the first chapter, verses 15 through 23, the first part of verse 23. Uh, The words are going to be on the screen. This is coming out of the New International Version this morning. And this is what we see. This helps to tie together the things that I've already described and discussed. The Son, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. That's pointing to his eternal nature. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. I love that line. He's God's glue. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. 
so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. These are the points that we see that help tie together those points of Christology. That Jesus was fully God and fully human. He was born. He lived. He died. He was resurrected and given total authority and supremacy over all things. And so we're going to watch our clip now from Avatar Way of Water. And I want you to try to pick out, if you can... Some of those points that we just discussed and outlined, how they were revealed through the scripture and revealed to us, and then see if you can pick out some of them as we watch our clip and see how it is that in Avatar, the way of water, we see the depiction of Jesus as we watch our clip together. Let's watch. The way of water has no beginning and no end. The sea is around you and in you. The sea is your home before your birth and after your death. Our hearts beat in the womb of the world. Our breath burns in the shadows of the deep. The sea gives, and the sea takes. Water connects all things. Life to death. Darkness to light. I got it! You did it! <laughs> Beautiful description there. So we're going to pull out a few points from that that I hope will help you see in Avatar The Way of Water. Jesus is described and depicted from the scripture throughout eternity. The first thing that we see is that Jesus is without beginning or end. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 13, we hear this. This is Revelation, so the end of time, our time as we know it. Jesus comes and he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Jesus is from the beginning, the beginning and the end. Now, the thing that I thought was so cool about the, the clip that we watched about the way of water is... The way that they were describing it is you don't see a place where water begins and ends. It just is, right? It just is. And so we get that point with Jesus as well. But there's something else that Jesus talks about that's pretty cool. Is that, and this is our next point, is that Jesus describes himself as living water. 
Jesus comes and describes himself, in addition to being the beginning and the end, he describes himself as living water. In John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, we read that Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And so what we see here with Jesus being the living water is that it comes with an invitation for us to come into that living water. And then what we find is that we also become part of that water ourselves. Is that even though that Jesus is the living water, he is sharing that with us. And he is sharing that with us for the sake of our sharing it with others. Now, water plays a significant and substantial role in the gospel narrative. As Jesus was beginning his public ministry, he went to John the Baptist to receive what? Say baptism. Baptism, that's exactly right. Jesus came to John the Baptist to receive baptism. Now, John the Baptist was his cousin, and so he knew about Jesus. He knew what he was, and when Jesus came to him to be baptized, John said, oh, no, 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 no. You need to be baptizing me. And then Jesus said, no, this is what's necessary for righteousness' sake. A couple things, bless you. A couple things were being pointed out there. First of all, one of the most important things is, is that we see evidence of Jesus' obedience, of submission, of surrender. But what we also see through that, beyond just the idea of submission and surrender, is Jesus is giving us a model to follow of what we need in order to submit and to surrender ourselves as well. And so in baptism, what we talk about is we metaphysically, metaphorically die to our old, worn out, burned out way of living. When we go under the water, it is us signifying that we are submitting and dying to our old way of self. And then we are brought up out of the water. It is symbolic of our new life, our new life in Christ. And Jesus says, come to me in a loud voice, right? He says, come and find that living water, and I'm going to give it with you, or I'm going to give it to you, and I'm going to share it with you, not just for your sake, but for the sake of the world as well. And so this is why we practice baptism in the church. It's for our righteousness sake. It's obedience to God. It's surrendering to God. It's allowing our old, worn out, burned out way of living to just go. So that we can come up and then we can join in the fact that Jesus is without end or beginning. That is the start of our eternal life. But we live in a dark world, don't we? This is one of those things that creates so much consternation and confusion with people is how could a good God allow these bad things to happen? Well, we just talked about sin, and that's the, that's the answer. God doesn't allow sin. We choose sin. We live into sin. Yet we receive the forgiveness of God so that we can learn to walk and to live with the light of the world. We can learn to live and walk, live, live and walk in the light of the world. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. The light of the world. The light of life that is shared with you and with me for the sake of the world. And then as a result of this, when we receive that light of the world, we live into the living water that comes to us and Jesus allows it to help flow from us to help other people experience who he is. We recognize that Jesus is our common connecting point. Jesus is our common connecting point. The whole idea of the conduit. 
right? The vessel. Beginning or without beginning, without end. He is that living water, the light of the world, and our common connecting point. In John chapter 14, verse 17, we read that Jesus said, You know him because he lives with you and will be with you. Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit when he said that. And he said in the broader narrative that he is going to send the Holy Spirit to us. And the Holy Spirit will be known to us because we know the Son. And the Son reflects the image and the essence of the Father. And it goes on to say the world will not know the Spirit because the world is caught up in its own way of living. That sin-ridden, broken-down approach that we all have to life, that we have to work through and strive to get over it. But Jesus is our common connecting point. Jesus is the point from all eternity that intersects with our current moment in time, sharing with us the Spirit of God. As we receive the light of the world, we enjoy the living water, and we recognize that He exists without end. Jesus is that common connecting point that helps every single one of us know that we can get to know God because God knows and loves us. Friends, this is the essence of Christology. That God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him will never perish, but have life and life everlasting. Everlasting. That sounds pretty good to me. Now, of course, we will at some point see the end of our natural life. But we know that we live on in Christ for eternity because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. It's that invitation to come and be part of the family, the forever family of God, that speaks into our heart and moves and flows us out into the world in faith and hope and love. Remember, faith is believing that God is real. Hope is knowing that God's way will win in the end, and love is the motivating and activating force that sends us out. And love is God's very nature and character. And so as we come to this point in our series and our brief little survey of Christology, I hope that you can see how Jesus is the Son of God who has existed in all time. But he was born, he lived, and he died a sinner's death so that he could be resurrected and remove the power and stain of that original sin that it holds over us. And in receiving that, we too become part of God's family without beginning or end. Jesus bellows to come and receive from him the living waters of life. And he shares those with us so that we can share it with the world. And we need that because our world is a dark and lonely place, isn't it? We need that light of the world so that we need not walk in darkness or walk alone. And to recognize that he sends us the Holy Spirit to be our connecting point. So that we can join in with him and with all others and that forever family of God. So the way of water in Jesus helps us to see who God is, what he does for us, and how he invites us into a life with him. I hope that you will hear that invitation today. And if you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the one who has known you before you were born, the one who came and lived and died so that he could remove the power of original sin from your life and remove the stain of that from your existence and from your essence and to share his essence so that as we receive the living waters of life, we are brought up anew and we are given a whole brand new life to share that living water with others, but also 
to find the light of the world that continues to connect us with the world and with other people and with God. So if you have not yet received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to come down front this morning and I'll happily pray with you. If you'd rather talk to me at some point during the week, just let me know. I would love nothing else than to be able to help you on your Jesus journey. Uh, but as the band comes forward to close us out in song this morning, thinking about the love of God, uh, the wonder of who he is, and how we all can raise a hallelujah, I hope that we are also asking and praying God to bring us a revival in our hearts and in our lives, in our church, in our community, and all throughout creation, that we can find that hope and help that Jesus alone, alone can give. Amen? Pray with me, if you will. Almighty God, I thank you for today, and I thank you for how messages like the way of water can help us to see who you are, eternal, the living water, the light of the world, the intersection of eternity and our existence is our connecting point. Thank you for sharing that with us, your living water, your breath, your light, your life. And so, Almighty God, as we come to this point in our service and in this series, I pray that we might seriously consider who you are, to hear your invitation, to receive it, and to accept it, so that we may follow you, never walking in darkness, always having that living water to refresh and to cleanse, because we are connected to eternity through the power of your Holy Spirit, granted and given to all of us, thanks to your obedience to that death on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that that cross and that grave are still empty so that our lives may be full of your water, of your light, of your breath, of your hope. We believe in you, Lord. That's our faith. We hope with great anticipation for that time when you remove the power of evil from this world. And we live lives animated by love until that time you come and gather us again. And we can see clearly what true love truly is. In the name of Jesus, your Son and our Savior, I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area, there you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.